Hello and welcome to Scott Punk International, the podcast. I'm your host, Chris Reeves. On today's episode, I'm joined by Joe and Emily from Take Today. Last year, Take Today released the amazing Skydiving EP, Skydiving Split with a cover of Link 80's Up to the Top. Skydiving is actually a cover of their song Skydiving. Also an incredible song, just the hook on it is so freaking good. Skydiving has a lot of really cool guests on it. Members of Flying Raccoon Suit do the horns, that's on Flores on the keys, we've got Catbite on some of the vocals, and it's awesome. It's so good. And of course, I'm a little biased, I helped put it out, we've got tapes with that. Technically, they're not out yet, but if you go to the Scotland International website, you might find them. But uh, yeah, you didn't hear that from me. But uh, Joe and Emily, we talked a lot about that because there was a lot that went into the making of that. We also talked some about the history of their band. because There's a lot of stuff even I didn't know about the band, even though we talk all the time. And then also we talked some about some of their other projects. Emily is in a ton of other bands. As a matter of fact, one of Emily's other projects, How I Became Invisible, has a new album that comes out on Friday this Friday, the 8th. So definitely go check that out on Friday. I've got a link to it in the show notes. And speaking of things to check out, Take Today are playing a live set on the internet with Left of the Dial this Saturday on April 9th at 3 p.m. Eastern. So I've got a link to that in the show notes as well. So anyway, enough of my blabbering. Here's my conversation with Joe and Emily of Take Today. All right, I'm here with Take Today. Joe and Emily, say hello. Hello, this is Joe. Hi, I'm Emily. And what do you do? I sing, play guitar, sometimes secretly play bass. I, <laughs> I play bass and I sing and also bring the sexiness to the band. Half of it. No, it's, all of it. It's important. It's an important role. And Emily, you're in other bands too, not just Take Today. Oh, I'm in too many bands. <laughs> I'm in how many bands right now? Five? I think five bands. Actively releasing bands. Oh, actively. Okay, then three, because two of them, one's on hiatus and one hasn't recorded anything yet. And what are they? Oh, okay. I don't what? know if I should be talking about this. Is yeah, you might as well one? shout them out, right? Yeah, hell yeah. All right. So uh, I'm Emily. I'm in Take Today. I'm, in, I'm the singer and uh, lyricist for Danger Club, which is an emo band out of Philly. Uh, features our guitar player yeah our guitar player mark. mark is also in that band uh i am the sole person behind the band how i became invisible where i do everything and also joe's in it sometimes and mark's in it sometimes and a bunch of other people are in it at various points but don it's mostly just, just live me. yeah don's played one of the two live shows uh i was and still am the bass player and vocalist of the philly band robots and race cars who are theoretically going to be doing more stuff as soon as I keep, I, keep, I keep wanting to say as soon as the pandemic's over, which is never happening. Yeah. <laughs> and I just started a new <laughs> band called Emily and the Endings, which is kind of uh, very nebulous and in flux at the moment. So you're busy? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. It's, it's a balancing act, I think, in a sense. I mean, you're in a bunch of bands, too. No, I, I'm in take today, but I, well, I mean... I mean, you get edited, so I don't sound as confusing. I used to be in a band called Empty Handed NJ that ran from 99 to 2002, broke up, did a couple reunions in 2006, 2007, and then our final show was in 2011. But I'm not sure when it's being announced. Maybe by the time this comes out. 
Um, we're playing a, a set March 5th in uh, South Jersey with um, one of the last bass players of that band who actually was in Take Today. So it's very connected to Take Today's history. Um, but I guess technically I'm playing in two bands right now. If we practice, <laughs> we're all a bunch of very incestuous bands. I think mm. we all have each other's members in it all the time. Well, that happens. Pretty much all musicians do that. That's why it's important to at least shut them out before we pretty much only talk about take today. Yeah, I mean, that's the important. If somebody's drawing a chart as they're listening to this, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, there might be people charting it all. We... It's just going to look like the Jeremy Baramy from The Good Place. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start talking about your recent ska stuff that we all put out because there's a lot behind that right how did how did that all get started like the initial writing the ideas like let's get into it all right so there's this i hate to phrase it as a joke because it's not a joke but it's just something we never took serious but we would play ska versions of our own songs here and there at practice kind of like the to mess with one another, but not like really embracing it as in like, hey, let's write ska songs. It was more like, like we, we just did it at our practice this past week where we're playing ska chords over what normally is the regular song. Um, I guess about two years or so ago, we were doing, uh, we're, we're practicing and we were doing skydiving, which is one of our songs. And we just completely did a ska version of it. Like actually said, like, all right, this part we gotta do a slower ska part. This part we'll do this way. And I have two voice memos in my phone from that night where it's the first half of the song and then the second half of the song. And it's the exact structure that ended up becoming the ska version of that song we re-recorded. Um the true outside of just us kind of joking around about it thing was that joystick record. I uh, can't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I had become friends with Andy on Twitter and not knowing like it, it was one of those like early phases of the Twitter pandemic where somebody follows you. You don't really know them, but you just kind of become friends with them. And then it just turns completely different thing than what it, what you expected, I guess. Um, he was promoting the album and I said, you know, let me give this a shot. And I think it was seven six seven five unless i'm mixing up the number seven five seven six seven six seven five yeah so he sent me that and i checked it out i was like oh my god this band's like a pretty a pretty awesome punk band but then his response to me was something along the lines like wait till you hear the other stuff so i think it was retcon i heard next and i was sold i was sold on joystick and it made me think of like this is the evolution of the ska, ska core, ska punk that I liked when I was younger, this is where it should be at, like in the evolutionary line of it. And it kind of reignited this, not so much interest in ska, because we never stopped listening to the things we always liked, but it was just kind of like, well, what if we tried our hand at this for real, instead of just kind of dicking around, joking around with these ideas, like, let's kind of do it. So I basically told them straight up, like, we're going to write a four song ska EP because your record rips. We didn't. (laughs) We didn't because we haven't had time to actually write because of the pandemic and other issues. So 
we basically just adopted that whole reworking of skydiving and turned that into ska diving and then paired it up with something that I felt would be suitable given our situation that we weren't really writing or anything like that. Like what would be a good ska cover that made sense to us instead of like trying to rework another song. Right. Cause I, I think if we recorded just one ska song and nothing else, it would just be really, really strange, at least in my opinion. So when did you start getting other people involved? Start recruiting. So we recorded a batch of songs in July, right? Yeah, it was July. Yeah. And it was it was like basically the process was I said pick I said to our drummer, pick four songs that you're not on because a lot of it's re-recorded material. And he picked three and then he said skydiving. And I said, okay, let's do that. So with the, basically what it came down to is that when we started figuring out what we were recording, we had, or I had the idea that I was going to get rid of all the old versions of those songs that we were redoing because they didn't really represent us anymore. So as we built up the songs, we had, or I had the idea to redo Skydiving because I think Skydiving is a great song. I Every single version of the song that existed before, I feel like there's something not right about it. So re-recording Skydiving was because it's like, all right, well, I don't want Skydiving to be the only version that existed because Skydiving is important to me. So we did basically like a like a high school pick your teams kind of thing with the songs and sort of shifting parts around. So when we recorded Skydiving, we did it in the full blown like, all right. Here's our harmonies. Everybody's doing their vocals. We're adding piano. We just built it up like we would build up any other song, but we're skydiving because we knew we intentionally wanted to make it different. We left a lot of the spots blank in the in the studio without any guests locked in. It was just like, all right, well, maybe we can get horns. Maybe we can get this. Maybe we can get that. And it wasn't until August that i think the, the first person we got was esteban from uh Matamoska. oh he was first yes because esteban had played cat bites album release and mm. i think i saw maybe a couple things on twitter that esteban was like hey if anybody needs any keys or anything like this hit me up so after the show i just went up to esteban and said dude you're amazing your energy is awesome i need you on my song and of course, Esteban being the sweetest person there is was like, yeah, man, let me know. Hit me up. Like, I'm down. Let's do this. Yeah. So I think it was not even a week later that Esteban sent me the keys for skydiving. That's and awesome. That right away elevated the song in a way we didn't expect. And it was like, oh, shit, it's actually really cool. And then from there, it was I think I hit up Andy. I was just like, hey, could you do horns for this? This is basically kind of like I need the chorus to be specifically this line because it's the guitar lead from the regular version of the song. And then from there, I said, whatever else for the rest of the song, that's all on you. So that was, I don't remember how much later that was, but I get a, a DM from Andy and I didn't realize Brandon also from Flying Raccoon Suit, which Andy's band. Um, he had played trumpet on the track. So we get back trumpet and trombone and I'm completely nervous because it's like, I don't know what to expect. 
Like I know what the regular version of the song sounds like. We've been playing this song a really long, long time. What is it going to sound like with horns? Like, is it going to be something I hate? Is it going to be something I love? So I refuse to listen to any of the tracks separately, like just the trumpet, just the trombone, until I was able to make a rough mix in GarageBand. And then when I did, I was blown away, and I sent it to the rest of the band. Like, what did you think? Uh, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it blew my damn mind. Like, um, I really love playing that song as Ska, because Ska is something that's very close to me in terms of my musical development as a bass player. Um, so like when we first started doing it as ska diving, it's like, cool, I get to play around and just kind of lean into uh, that style. Cause my, my bass playing style is as a, a rule, very ska influenced, I guess, based on a dissolute use of listening to all the 90 ska bands um, and hearing it that it's, I've tried to do horns on my own using like synths and it never sounds right. It sounds like, it sounds like a synth playing horns. Okay. So hearing something we've done with actual like brass over it was just, it was mind blowing. I'm like, we made this? Yeah. That's, <laughs> this that's, is, I, I wrote that part? Jesus. <laughs> that's been our mindset even after it's released. Like every single time, like we, we, jo we joke around and we bust like each other's balls about the band. Like, uh, we don't listen to our own stuff, blah, 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 like that. <laughs> but it's always been something where we've all agreed, like, yeah, I can't stop listening to these ska songs because we did that. Like, we did that with the help of other people. Right. Um, so, like, it, it was just, it, it was a very unique thing for us because, like, we started that in July and a lot of it was just like trust and faith in the, in the general idea where it's like, all right, we're not going to do our own backing vocals on this song because we're going to try to get other people involved. We don't have horns, but let's just, we're going to have horns hopefully and let's see where this goes. So every time we got something back, it wasn't all at once. It was a gradual process where it's like, all right, we just got keys back. Esteban killed it. We just got horns on both songs. This is insane. Um, a local friend of ours actually recorded sax for both songs and just like working with him and sitting at his place, his name's uh, Dominic LaRusso. It was just like, this thing is getting insane in a good way. It's not like it was out of reach insane. That's not like we're like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Like, we can't do this. It was just like, this is all falling in line in a way we never expected. And it's absolutely exceeded our expectations. The final piece of the puzzle was I kind of hit up Catbite. Before we talk about Catbite, we do have a special thing to listen from Andy. Andy told us a little bit about the story of riding the horns, so let's check that out real quick. All right. Hey, Chris and Joe, what's up? Uh, this is Andrew from Flying Raccoon Suit and Joystick. Sorry I couldn't be there to record this in real time and in person. Yeah, schedules didn't line up. Um, but yeah, I just want to give a little insight into the, the ska horn lines that we collaborated with, um, with Take the Day. So writing the horn lines, I remember Joe gave us sort of the direction that he knew the choruses. We would be mimicking the octave guitar parts, which that worked out trumpet and trombone being an octave apart. And other than that, he didn't have any direction to really give us. And I play with Brandon, uh, the trumpet player, in a number of different projects, um, one of those being a brass band where we do sort of second line jazz and that sort of stuff. So I think you can hear the 
second line jazz influence in the end of the horn lines on skydiving where we kind of split off and do this asymmetrical thing um sort of like keeping it loose as opposed to one horn just hopping up to a third harmony at the end of a line which is pretty typical for the genre i would say but that was really fun to do and the space after the chorus where they were sort of doing this hype kind of stuff and they brought it down to a halftime beat that seemed you know a perfect section for a solo so i'm glad that when i sent it to them they weren't uh offended by my choice to put a solo in there but that was fun there's not much to say on the the uh link 80 cover except that we kind of just learned the horn line listening to the actual song and i think the actual song i want to say is in d and then we went to record and take today's was in d flat or something like a half step down so we had to kind of relearn it on the spot but luckily brandon is like a perfect pitch genius so it wasn't too much trouble just a bit of a surprise and being able to collaborate with not only take today but adam from omnigon was really cool not only because we're doing a link 80 song with adam but in the same session me and brandon uh reported with flying raccoons and drummer curly a collaboration for dang it and adam on a song that they did called split at the seams so this is wild kind of full circle thing like thing with adam and covering adam and all the sort of stuff but yeah, we appreciate Take Today, guys, asking us to play on the tunes, and it was a ton of fun. The end product is great. So that was cool, right? Oh, absolutely. I, it's, it's, I just, yeah. I totally forgot about the Link 80 cover and how <laughs> I didn't specify, like, I mean, it's one I of those, did. I, I noticed. Well, it was, it's one of those things where it's like, I was sent, I, was, <laughs> I, I guess I sent our version before saying anything about it, so I kind of just assumed, like, they would learn off of our version of it because we play everything in the half step down. But I, I got the message after the files were sent. It was just like, yeah, I didn't realize you guys were half step down. So we kind of had to relearn it, but everything's good. So sorry. But also, hi, Andy. Love you. Miss you. Uh, thank you, Brandon, as well. And maybe we'll see you guys in like, oh, I don't know, a couple months or so. I'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so I didn't realize that they were trying to mimic those uh, those octaves, and now that seems obvious that they were, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, because like I had an idea years and years ago about just like I think what's incredible with music in general is that you can take what we've written as a punk song, deconstruct the parts, and move them to other instruments, and if a song's written well enough, you can re redo that song with other instruments and make it interesting like if you took a punk song and took the octave leads or solos and moved it to a violin or maybe moved this to a piano or whatever like you can still come up with something interesting so with that in mind it was kind of one of those things where it's like all right well not so much ska or punk formula but what if we took the the octave lead melody from the choruses and moved that to horns this way we're not really struggling to write like a horn part the melody stays and then we kind of can do something different because Mark does play a completely different guitar riff in those choruses than the regular version of skydiving. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And that's something that I think is really cool is that you, you didn't just like copy paste, like everything is like very like separate and clear, like 
you can tell they're like different versions of the same song, but they're clearly different versions of the same song. Like you re-recorded everything, you rewrote individual things. That's, that's awesome. That's why they're so good. Thank you. And but that so that's the thing that became part of the whole asking Capite to be a part of it was that uh, the regular version of skydiving was supposed to was supposed to have a guest singer that unfortunately scheduling and other issues kind of kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it where we weren't going to meet any sort of deadline that we had because ideally our game plan was we were just going to release something like every month for like basically Bandcamp Friday, like, all right, September's release, October's release, November's release. So like, there's a gap between the first of those three and the last two, because we were really banking on trying to get skydiving done the way I had envisioned with the guest vocals. Um, but part of the plan with the two versions was that if I could get cat bite, I was not going to show them skydiving with guest vocals, because I didn't want anything to be influenced by the other as far as guests go. So I had, I had hit up Catbite kind of early in the process, just kind of like, hey, would you be down to do this? And didn't really know them personally yet at that point. And it was kind of like, yeah, you know, we're kind of got a lot of stuff coming up, but let me know and sooner uh, or closer to recording and I'll see what I can do. And it kind of just, I guess didn't really fall by the wayside. It was just kind of one of these like, all right, we're busy. They're busy. We're still working this out. And then I had actually grown, become closer friends with a lot of the, the band. And so I guess it was around October. I had helped them out with something. And Tim had texted me. He was like, Hey, we're going to set up time, get this done for you guys. And sure enough, I think it was that weekend. I get the files from back from Tim and both Tim and Britt from Catboy crushed it on their contributions that it wasn't just Scott diving. We actually made sure we got them in the Link 80 cover as well because they have ties to Adam as well with Omnigon and, you know, the split they did, Bad Time Records and all that, all that kind of stuff. So it was just like kind of not necessarily intentionally building on that, but it was kind of like strengthening that bond between everybody because I had known Adam for a very long time prior to all this. Yeah, and so he was the last one that actually recorded and sent you stuff? Yeah, Adam was the last because I had been getting, like every time we got something sent in, I would send it to our engineer and say, hey, can you throw me a rough mix of this? Because, you know, it'd be easier to send to the next person where it's not like, oh, here's the song without Esteban, do your horns, where it was more like, here's the song with Esteban, this is what he's doing, what we're doing, do your horns to that. So like every step of the way we did that, I try to keep it a secret from even the band that I had asked Adam to be involved because I would listen to the rough mixes often and something to me just was kind of missing in the Link 80 cover. Like it just, I liked it. I love it still. And no matter which way we did it, it was just something felt out of place to me. Like it needed just an extra oomph. So I had texted Adam. I said, listen, I need you to scream over this third <laughs> verse because I just hear you screaming full throat, going crazy over it. And he ended up sending me like the entire song a couple different ways and including that. And I was like, no, no, no. I need you to really go all out, like shred your voice, go out. And sure enough, like maybe a day or so later, I get a, a voicemail from him, which 
or not voicemail. Um, I get a email from him with the files and it's incredible because I listen to almost everything as it's sent to me raw, you know, without the backing track, everything like that. So to just hear Adam screaming the third verse of that song, isolated screams was awesome. Like I, I did send it to you, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was great. And it, 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 fell in line with skydiving where it's just like every time we got something it was so awesome that I couldn't keep it a secret from the band anymore. It's like, no, I'm not going to wait till this is done and be like, Oh, Hey, by the way, here's Adam from link 80 screaming his head off on our link 80 cover. It was like, Oh my God, look what I just got sent to me. How fucking awesome is this? Yeah. I mean, his screams are so iconic too. Like they're such a important part of like struggle era link 80 and especially their live shows. Like, uh, that's so awesome that you have that on there because he doesn't do that quite as much in Omnigon stuff. So it's no, pretty cool to hear that again. He doesn't. And I guess I, I should say this because I don't, I don't think I really talked about this too much is that when I first met Adam was in summer of 98, Link 80 had come through on tour in, in my hometown in Burlington, New Jersey. And with limited internet back then, I just thought, oh, this is the guitar player of Link 80, not knowing it was Matt that was on the recordings I had listened to forever. So I gave Adam my very first demo tape, which is terrible, which yeah. is also prior to this, the last time I recorded Ska. And so giving him that tape, and he still, last I asked, he still has it somewhere. Mm. But it's just insane full circle for me, where it's like, I gave this dude who played in one of my absolute favorite bands, a demo tape of my music and now 23 years later we're on a song together which is, happens to be that same band that we're covering and it's going to be on a cassette tape and it's like how did that happen <laughs> yeah it's pretty fucking cool we've yeah. definitely talked about that a lot like outside of here um you know once in a while cold dm somebody on twitter and make it happen yeah i mean uh, that's something I tell bands a lot. I was just talking to one yesterday. They they asked me, like, how do I do this? Or what do I do this? Like, I don't know. Just message people. Nobody is, like, unapproachable. Some are, like, slow to look at shit. But, like, you just message people. It's fine. No big deal. We're all friends. Yeah, that, That's how I, that's what I tell. Because people say stuff to me, not necessarily about music, but about anything. Like, I don't know. I just don't want to ask. Because what if they say no? If they say no, they say no. You're in the same position you're in now. Yeah, it's not going to change anything. You're not going to get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not illegal to ask questions. Yeah, just knock, knock, knock. Excuse me, did you DM this person about your band? <laughs> you have to come with us now. <laughs> Gerard is not taking questions from the public at the moment. <laughs> but the question is, the, is, the, is the cop Joe Scala from uh, Thirsty Guys? <laughs> it's always, it's always Joe. Yeah. Is he included <laughs> in ACAB? <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that's going on twitter at some point <laughs> <laughs> he's knocking on the door like what's up yeah oh my god <laughs> um so okay overall how long was that time link like how it took like a year year and a half for the whole the, rec- the whole recording process and planning yeah no it was, really it was, until we release it with uh from from recording to release yeah so that was pretty much july to december because oh i thought it was longer than that no so like i mean that's still a long time but i just thought yeah of course we um like i said we went in the studio in july like tail end of july 
I think we went back in August to finish a lot of that up because like I said, we did six songs that, that run in the studio. And then we were kind of touching some other stuff that's unfinished. So how much stuff, how much stuff is unfinished? Joe? Uh, oh, a lot. There's <laughs> of what's been released or what hasn't been released. I'm sorry. Um, of what hasn't been released. There is a, 11 songs sitting in the studio. Wow. <laughs> um out of 13 there, there was a period where we joe we like, oh we're gonna go record I'm like oh we're gonna go finish stuff nope we're doing more stuff I'm like damn it wow that yeah. is a lot but no so i have i have this issue with recording and writing that like i get this huge bit of writer's block because i the way i write is like i can't write about something that i don't experience like i can't be like oh this thing happened, da da da. That's a song. Like, even in songs that I've kind of, I I come from like almost like a third person perspective. It's about me. It's just I'm trying a different way to tell my own story. So like, I can write forever as far as music goes, but when it comes to lyrics and whatnot, like I hit a wall. And especially like the past few years of my life, where I don't let things bother me. There's just like, oh, I can't write about this because I'm fine. Like nothing's annoying me. Nothing's bothering me. So in a lot of down periods of the band, like just because we weren't playing shows and we weren't like active to other people, didn't mean we weren't writing a recording in some way or, or another. Um, our original drummer, who we no longer associate with, uh, he and I had been writing music together since 1999. So like if we went on hiatus for whatever reason, the two of us would still get together and jam out ideas, write songs. And then because, you know, we're not doing anything band wise, like, oh, well, let's go hit the studio. Let's record this. So we just amassed this collection of songs that still hasn't been finished. But it's like, yeah, we got like an album's worth of songs sitting here. I'm still struggling to write shit for them, but they're done, sort of like. I just thought realized that the one song we did finish is one you didn't write lyrics for because it's someone else's song. Which one was that? Jawbreaker from the Ian. Oh yeah, but yeah. we but we also we finished Precursors. Oh, did you do that with that? Precursors is done. No, is, did you do that with with him? No, that was all by myself. Yeah, that's what I meant. No, Out but I mean, ones, and, yeah. oh yeah. So. Little little insight to take today that may not be news to anybody, but let's put it out there. Um, back in 2017, I had gone in the studio with our original drummer, and Emily had schedule, conflicting schedules. So we actually had Mark, who was not actually in the band yet, do scratch bass in the studio, which scratch bass is like, you know, you record the bass lines that eventually get re-recorded. Yeah. So we ended up doing, in total, nine songs. And that studio ended up closing, I think, the following year, like midway through the year. So none of the stuff's finished in that regard. So like it's not even finished being recorded. Um, 2020, we went in and started four songs and then the pandemic hit. So like those weren't even finished. And there was an actual plan, despite what some of my bandmates might realize, to finish those songs. But because like we we knew we had downtime coming up after like a run of shows in March that we had scheduled and <laughs> or so we thought we until thought. we had to cancel <laughs> until we had to cancel half of them. Fucking two years later. Yeah. Um, 
So the entire like stretch of the pandemic from when everything got shut down, shows got canceled until I think late summer when our engineer at the studio had actually sent me a text, I wasn't thinking about the band at all. It's just like, we're going to keep our distance. We're going to be safe. We're going to do what we have to do because this sucks. This absolutely Mm. fucking sucks. So when I get that text, I'm just like, oh, I wasn't even thinking about recording any of these songs or finishing these songs. But at the same time, I have a hard drive full of songs that was recorded at another studio that we've never finished. And it's like, instead of writing an album worth of songs from scratch, like, Maybe we can do something with this. So our engineer took those files from me, reworked all the drums. And then I think later that year, or no, later the next year, we went in and finally did bass, redid guitar, and then some vocals, which are part of the the stuff that has been released. In between all that stuff, we did release things. We did the Alkaline Trio cover EP and also the home version of Precursor. Yes. But that's so. Yeah, but that's not studio in the same. I mean, (laughs) a studio is anywhere you want it to be. We're currently in my studio. Yeah, wherever you are, it's a studio. (laughs) Yeah, so we um, not to jump too too all over the map. We so we 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 released a home version of our song Precursors because I, I direct the studio version wasn't finished yet. So we kind of like the, the the demo of that song has been streaming forever. And that's a whole story that I don't want to get into. But um, I don't like that version of the song, but it's up there for a personal reason. So I had sent a, a text to the band like, hey, you know, everyone's kind of doing these live stream things. And that's not really our bag. So maybe we can do at least one song. And our our cheat was we used the studio track as a backing track for drums to be like, all right. This is how you go record the drums and then we'll do our part separate. So we did release that. I think it was maybe middle of that year. Yeah, it was summer. Yeah, it was around summertime. And then in typical Take Today fashion, we had started recording a handful of Alkaline Trio covers back in 2015. Yeah, 2015, because we had done a cover show for Halloween where we played an entire set of Alkaline Trio songs. And this was the first time Mark had ever played with our band. So he wasn't in the band, but he was involved. So it was our first time really getting into home recording, at least on my end. And so we recorded four Alkaline Trio covers, did absolutely nothing with it. And then because of the pandemic, where we weren't functioning as a normal band, it was like, well, we all have our own home setups. Maybe we should just finish this and just, you know, pass the files back and forth that way. So we did release an Alkaline Trio cover EP in October of 19 or, eight, or 20. 19 wasn't the pandemic yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, in October 2020, we released that, which was, I think, the anniversary, five-year anniversary of yep. the actual show we played. So yep, yep, yep. It was something, something to hold people over while we did nothing. Yeah, that makes sense. It's time to earn some Skabucks. We'll get back to the episode in just a minute. But real quick, I want to talk to you about the Skapunk International Patreon. In case you didn't know, at patreon.com slash International, there's a Patreon. If you head over there, 
you can sign up and there's lots of really cool perks. There's exclusive merch at a couple of the tiers that you can only get through the Patreon. Every other tier, you can join the SPI Discord where you can ask questions like the super unhinged segment that's coming up here in a little bit in this episode. Those questions all came from Patreon. You can make requests for the radio episodes. In the Discord, all the SPI artists are there, so you can hang out and talk to them, ask them questions about the releases and things that maybe I forgot to ask on episodes like this. There's a discount code, so anytime you order stuff on the SPI store, you get a percentage off of that. Lots of really cool perks. So head over to patreon.com slash International and check it out. I hope to see you there. So yeah, you've been doing a lot of releases off and on, and obviously you've been a band for a long time. But uh, what's it been like since you kind of like released the ska stuff versus like things you released before that? Like what's been the differences that you've seen? Twitter. <laughs> Twitter and ska and ska Twitter, really. Um, I mean, it's there's a, a lot of bands probably could tell you that the pandemic really shifted the way bands kind of interact with one another. Or like it's definitely more of a community because I, I don't know if it's just the simple fact that like, we all suffered the same fate because of the pandemic where it's like, we can't play shows now. We can't do this now. Like this is all we have. So I think like for the take today end of it, like starting to really bond with like Scott Twitter scene. And then I know Emily really was like bonding with what DIY Twitter. Oh, yeah, I'm all up in DIY. So I, I think those two <laughs> ends kind of like. That sounds dirty. <laughs> yeah, that sounds very dirty. DIY. <laughs> Twitter's all up in me, baby. There's there's a dirty question for you later. Hell yeah, let's <laughs> let's get let's get lascivious. Um, so I think just being introduced to new people in a sense kind of like gave us this opportunity where with the re-recorded songs, instead of really telling people like, hey, here's some old songs redone, it was just like, hey, here's some songs you've never heard, and that kind of brought a shift in attention to our band. Where it was just like, oh, you guys are not terrible. <laughs> yeah so like it was kind of one of those like all right as the game plan <laughs> oh no <laughs> that's all i want to be referred to whenever someone you know what i listen to music it's not terrible what a great compliment <laughs> that's, that's, thank you sandra that's our like our um our infomercial tagline take today <laughs> not terrible yeah when i pitch you guys that's what i'm gonna say they're not terrible <laughs> For the record, I was uh, taking a swig of water there and almost <laughs> choked. <laughs> um, yeah, so like, I think just interacting more with other people on Twitter that weren't really familiar with us kind of changed it up a bit because the music scene prior to the pandemic was just, I mean, it still is in some regards. It's just competitive in the wrong way. Like nobody's doing shit to help each other out. Everyone's just kind of doing shit for themselves. And then kind of unlocking this whole other aspect that we felt like didn't exist because we were kind of jaded, I guess. It's like, wait, bands are actually building each other up. Bands are actually supporting each other. Like, this is cool. And we had that plan where it's just like, all right, we're going to release something at the time once a month. Like, let's see what happens with this. Yeah. And I mean, uh, you just kind of like DM me out of the blue. I don't think I was even following you. And yeah. um I definitely hadn't heard the band, but it was like, holy fuck. I can't believe this. Like it was only like rough that you had, like you didn't even have all of like Kappa yet, but it was like, Jesus Christ, how can this be this good come from out of nowhere? Like, yeah, obviously I'm going to help with this. <laughs> like 
<laughs> like okay. it, it was instant. Like there was zero doubt. First of all, thank you. That that I, even from you, I'm not saying like you're not something someone important to us, but like even you telling me that, like because we have our 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 friendship and whatnot. Like it's just that's awesome to hear because a lot of blind faith went into making that what it is where it's just like I think even in the studio I'd suggested something to Emily about like hey try this one thing differently trust me I think it's gonna work and it it worked out perfectly so like having that kind of like hands-off experience on something that we created where it was like Esteban's gonna Esteban Andy's gonna Andy Catbite's gonna Catbite like we all knew these these individual musicians and their respective bands were insanely talented, but it's like, you know, that self-deprecating mindset of like, well, how is it going to make our crap sound good? <laughs> so like, it, this is all so good. How are we going to ruin it? Like, how do we do this? <laughs> Wait, what? That's us? So uh, how long ago did skydiving come into existence? Like, when did that start writing? Like, because it's been a long time, right? Skydiving was originally musically written in 2004. Yeah, right. The first first time we ever played it live was December 2004 with one of Emily's other bands that wasn't mentioned already. Um, Willis. Willis wasn't. Oh my God, we were still around at that point. Yeah, Holy Christ. Yeah. So the song's been around, what was that 16, 18, 18, almost 18 years? Yeah. Um, we had a a joke working title for it, which was called "Everyone Has New Jacket." <laughs> Reference to my old band, uh, the same initials. It wasn't until I think we started tracking the original version of that song before it had lyrics, and then the lyrics of that—that's something that happened middle of two thousand five. So the song, like as skydiving lyrics and all. Didn't exist till probably June 2005, even though the music had started in this, at least this December uh, 2004. Yeah, like, that's so crazy to me. Like, you had told me before that it's been a while. I couldn't remember the exact year because you just sent it in, like, a text. But it is so crazy that that hook from that song, like, the the overall, like, melody has existed for that long. and like no one that i knew had heard it and it is so good like that's the base of why like all the people you're talking about like is that us does that's the reason that it's so good is because that is the base of the song and that has existed for like over 15 years it's so insane it's so crazy i i and not in the like pat myself on the back way but like I absolutely agree because that's the thing with music that I, I always find fascinating. And I know you understand this is that like there's so much music out there that nobody knows about because like they're just not getting the exposure or in some cases people write songs in their bedroom and then never release it for like whatever reason, whether it be anxieties or whatnot. Right. And it's just that like it really opens your eyes. It's just like so much stuff is out there. Like we don't. Like my biggest thing is like I don't try to date our music anymore. Like, hey, this song's from so and so, this song's from such and such, because I am learning through the bands that I listen to, like, oh, this is a song they had around for a while. They just finally got around to figuring out how to make it work. Right. And that like the casual music listener is not going through our our music catalog going like, 
2009. Like they're not looking at our songs based off of when they came to be. They're listening to it as it's being released. Like, oh, this is awesome. This is cool. Well, not us. Other bands. (laughs) Not saying we're (laughs) awesome. We're cool. They're just saying, not terrible. Yeah. We're awesome and cool. No, they're saying it's not terrible. Yeah, not terrible. Um, They can tell how hot we are by our songs. Yeah, they can. That it like radiates out of the speakers. Sup, girls? Yeah. Hit up your girl Emily. So, have you noticed that people are going back and listening to all the other stuff too? To an extent, because I I I think by purging the stuff that pre-existed, Don being our drummer, that like it's kind of weird because we we did a uh, a couple redos back in 2014 which was our first recording with don as our current as at least a trio um i don't feel like a lot of people are really digging far enough with those songs like the, the 2014 stuff but there are somewhere like some of our peers that we become friends with we'll see them like jamming out to our song Heartsick, which was recorded that version was recorded 2014 that song existed <laughs> way before 2004 yeah, you were playing that with, with the... The one we don't speak of? Yeah. Yeah, so that was... Well, we were definitely playing that in 2000... No, 2007 he was who, when we were playing that. You shall not be named. Yes. Um, cool. Voldemort was in your band. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a dark time. Wow, that's so cool. I don't know if he's a turf. <laughs> I think... Is no, that, isn't not, that, like, not like Voldemort, but... Is, is that why we kicked him out? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I was... <laughs> Yeah, true. Um, now, so like, yeah, we do see some people like I, I hate to fixate on numbers on like streaming because like, I mean, the way Spotify unfortunately has its grips on music, like it's everybody kind of whether they openly discuss it or not, like kind of obsesses over the numbers like, hey, this many monthly listeners, this right. many that. And like we saw the spike with the the ska stuff where it's like, holy crap. like. People like our ska stuff. Like maybe we were maybe we're doing something wrong here. Like we were net, not playing ska for a long time or I ever. <laughs> I mean, said we should make all our songs ska, and I was I was shot yeah. down by the rest of the band. No, but it's just like it, it's it's strange in a sense because like with ska, at least you can mend mend it with any type of genre. Where it's like, all right, somebody who's listening to our ska songs, they shouldn't hate our other songs because it's like. I don't think it's that different. Yeah. Like, I mean, you could, you could probably put, I don't know. I don't, I didn't, I haven't mixed our play, my playlist on my phone enough to see like, does this flow right? If something like Heartsick and Skydiving go together real well. But um, it's not like we're playing country music and then have these ska punk songs. Like, I feel like if people dig into our back catalog, like they're not going to be disappointed because it's yeah. not terrible. It's not terrible. Yeah, I think that it it all flows. I think that they fit. Like, I've gone back and listened to the stuff. Like, I was just wondering if you'd heard from other people, but that they think we definitely, yeah. I mean, they there's I don't see any way that they couldn't fit unless we like again drastically changed our approach to how we play and record because it also has the same basis of these people playing together, right? And like the chemistry that say Joe and I have or that we have with don and mark and everything like we've been playing together so we know we're all we have our idiosyncrasies and like the way our styles and just because we're doing 
ska doesn't mean it's going to be different, I guess. Um, but yeah, I've heard from a number of people who are like, yeah, I, I love this. And it's so like people who I never thought would reach out to me, like relatives or friends who I didn't think listen to this stuff, which is like, this is amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I I love how like people still can't pick a favorite between this the two songs, the uh, skydiving and ska diving. I think that's cool because like people that aren't like actively listening to ska have said to me like, "Oh, I love both versions. I can't pick a favorite." And it's like, well, cool because like we love both versions. And if like you want to hear more music of that kind of genre, like we got we got the list, baby. We got to talk about the name take today where that came from that came from animal chin right yeah so like i don't know if it's a conscious thing sometimes like i i had written like not it's it's related in a sense but like i have a song i wrote forever ago that's called hide my head and the reason i chose that title was because it was in a suicide machine song like i heard that phrase in a song and i was like oh this is cool like i'm gonna name my song that and I think given like, I know the context of the Animal Chin song, which is enough already, that it's not the same exact situation that I was in, but the the course of that song kind of hit to where I felt when my previous band had broken up, where it's like that phrase, take today, kind of stuck in my head. And it it was like when my old band broke up, I knew right away I was starting something else because it's like, all right, I can't not do music. So I was like, all right, I'm going to start another band. And Take Today had been just lingering in my brain for a very long time. And it wasn't until like more recently that I, I finally connected the dots back to its source. I'm like, oh, shit, I was listening to so much Animal Chin back then. And I love this song. Like, that's where I got the phrase from because I couldn't think of anything else in recent times. And I'm like, oh, that's where I got the name from. Like, other than growing up in, like, a punk hardcore scene where, like, Take Today just kind of has that, like, hardcore band name in a in a way. Right, yeah. And what we're talking about is Enough Already. Like, yeah, I don't... Already. Yeah. Song rips. Um, I didn't pick it up until you told me that, like, that's where it came from. But, yeah, okay. Obviously, it's in there. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people would because, like, our association with Ska to the outside world only kind of been, has been a recent thing where like we everything we grew up listening to as far as ska goes like we never stopped right and like it's like sure in a lot of ways like we fell off of what was current at the time because it, it wasn't getting the exposure to us i guess but like we still listen to the same shit we've listened to back in the 90s like like all the, like i still listen to that animal chin album all the time and yeah. then, like, with Mark being the youngest in our band who wasn't exposed to it the same way, I I cheated the system a little bit. And I was like, oh, check out this band, The Stereo. Oh, yeah, I'm dig The Stereo. And it's like, all right, I'll check this band, Animal Chin, which is the dude from The Stereo. And yeah, like, Jamie. More ska, more ska. So I heard you have some ska info and background on behalf of the other band members to share with us. So let's get into that. All right, so I had texted the band, try to dig a little deeper into where they, you know, where they kind of picked it up. <laughs> okay, terrible, just terrible. How how dare you? You've or moved not terrible. No, you've moved from not terrible to terrible. Oh, damn it! Um, you blew so it. Like Mark had said 
through our text, he said that his gateway was basketball because Mark's young. Oh, yeah, because real big fish. Mm -hmm. So turn radio off and why they rock so hard, he he said, was constant plays around, you know, seventh through ninth grade. Child, child, child. Hi, Mark. Um, But he also said that a fun fact was his first two concerts that he ever went to on his own were actually real big fish, which was with um, Zola, the rock and roll destroyer, which was. Oh, wow. They were local at the time, right? Yeah. They were a local band, and that was one of his favorites. And then his other first uh, solo con well, not solo, probably at least somebody older, um, other concert was Alkaline Trio, which was actually his big tie to our band was when we did that Alkaline Trio cover set. So, like, those are big for at least... Mark has, like, a surface-level entry to ska or exposure to ska compared to the rest of us because we are older. Some even older. <laughs> but um, that was kind of Mark's thing, which I think makes sense for his age. Like something like basketball and hearing those songs playing in the movie, kind of like, ooh, what is this? And it's, yeah, I, I love that the, the allure of Ska can do that to just about anybody who's like, wait, this is different. This is something I like. Um, as far as Don, who is not. He, He's not as young as Mark, but not that much older either. His was uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, the first oh, one. Oh, yeah, for sure. Track. Yeah, he's had Suicide Machines on there. Yep, he's had Suicide Machines. Um, and that was like, for, for Don, was a lot more like the punky ska stuff, where like Mark kind of got into, I guess, more the OC kind of ska. So like Suicide Machines, Against All Authority, Catch-22, Voodoo Glow Skulls, ASOB, like, that's the kind of stuff that really grabbed Don. And when I showed Don the joystick record, he fell in love. Like that's his 2021 number one. Yeah. That sounds right up his alley. How about your stuff? I don't know if I could name a full list. I mean, I've been listening since again, he as, as my best friend so lovingly intimated, I may be a little bit older than the, than everyone else, not too much older than Joseph, but, uh, <laughs> I've I was around for the ska boom of the '90s and you know a teenager, and uh, yeah. I don't know the timing of it. I might have already been listening to Less Than Jake at that point because a good friend of mine got me into a bunch of like punk stuff at the same time. It was like The Descendants and Less Than Jake and a couple other bands. And like Losing Streak really was like the thing that hit me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I love this so much. Where can I find more of this? Right. Uh, and then started diving into stuff and then like hearing like slapstick eventually and um i didn't really stick with it because i mean i still listened to ska i was listening to like the stuff i had i wasn't able to get deep into the stuff as it was coming out because my attention was focused more on emo like the get up kids and you meet world and save the day and things like that and um because that's what i was writing but that was also formative for me because that's when I was learning to play bass. So right. I was playing less than Jake baseline. I mean, my favorite ska band is Weezer. Uh, <laughs> you I'm starting this argument. I will fight whoever wants to argue with me about it. Weezer did two ska songs. You can eat my ass. Cut that, um, cut that, cut don't that. Don't cut that. <laughs> Do not cut this. I'm going to be listening. And if you cut it, I'm going to find you. Oh, Patreon exclusive. <laughs> they, cut that, cut that. They definitely did one. I'll give you that. They did one. <laughs> it's in the demos um, they did one um, but yeah no uh, i've just been kind of joe sent me joystick and that got me like knee deep into all the 
the stuff that's going on now. I mean, I've been hearing the Scott Two Network, hearing uh, their videos they've been posting on YouTube, like even before then, and like right. really digging it. Um, yeah. But I mean, I love I love the Joystick album. I got super into Kill Lincoln. Oh my god, I love that record. I sent you them before I really fell into yeah. them either. Yeah, I got into them hard, like because they remind me a lot of like the stuff I like from the '90s of like the yeah. more like Scott punk versus like Scott. Uh, like the scoff stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I think before I really dug into the last uh, Kill Lincoln record, I had texted you like, "Hey, check out this band. I think you would really like them." Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I eventually sat down with uh, the last record, and I was like, yeah. "Oh shit, this yeah. is actually really good. It's really good." Um, and is Streetlight Manifesto a ska band? I know this is a continuing <laughs> argument people make. Yeah, I mean, I vote that they are. Yeah, even though they don't like to be called it, like. Their influences all are, or a lot of them are, and they came yeah. up in the scene and then they've turned their back on it, which is frustrating, but I view them as a yeah. ska band. Hey, I, they're I, a ska band. Thomas, come find me and fight me about it. Hey, um, I, I went to a ska show on my birthday. It was Catbite and Streetlight Manifesto. Yeah, I mean, there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. Can't deny it. I, I love Streetlight, even though Thomas is kind of an asshole. Uh, but now the one record that really like nailed it for me was the We Are The Union record, uh, Ordinary Life. Right. My, that's my favorite full length from last year. It's not, I, I've been saying for a while, my favorite EP from last year is uh, not a Scott record. It's pronouns, OMG, I made it. But We Are the Union, Ordinary, ordinary Life, right fucking behind it. Um, yeah. Not just because of the music, because it's an amazing record just in terms of writing, but also because sonically, so uh, sonically, yeah. Also because of Reed's story and like everything behind sure. the album, very near and dear to my heart and kind of, the same path I had been walking with my coming out and transition and that I wrote about it and was very public about it and had like multiple albums kind of about it. Right. That in, in recent years. So it was very, it's a very important record to me at this point. And now yeah. I'm just like, shit, I subscribed to the Bad Time Records Patreon and <laughs> the Scott Punk International Patreon. Yeah, you're all in now. We're, we're, we're both there. So when everybody else is getting in the ska in the 90s with like, you know, Real Big Fish and stuff like that, one of my brother's old, um, friends actually gave me Losing Streak by Lesson Jake. Mm -hmm. And that's what kind of like started, you know, digging up the ground like, all right, what else is there like this that I'm not like, I don't think Losing Streak was really getting the radio play locally that uh, Real Big Fish did. But it's just like, okay, I'm checking out this band, Lesson Jake. And I think it was like Hit Parade or something like that. I'm flipping through the pages and I see a picture of Chris from Lesson Jake. And on his guitar is a sticker of a local band called Boxcar. Now, Boxcar was very instrumental to me growing up in the local scene. So it just kept digging deeper and deeper into this world that I wasn't familiar with. And like, I got to see original Catch 22 in a firehouse. I saw pharmaceutical bandits, as they were called at the time, yeah. at a Elks Lodge in town. Um, one cool guy, which later became like the horn section for Streetlight Manifesto, was actually at the very first Streetlight Manifesto show. So, like, I was around all this stuff, and then the old Asian man comps, like um, Misfits of Ska Two, was a big deal for me. Which, yeah, that's when I discovered Link Eighty, it was game over. Like uh, this kid that I thought was a poser in high school just bought every single CD that was on Asian man. Cause like his parents had money. He wasn't really like as into, it. he just wanted to be cool. 
So a friend of mine borrowed 17 reasons from him. And I told my friend, I'm like, you're not giving that back to him. That's mine now. <laughs> and like, I, I listened to 17 reasons religiously. It was like the model of how I wanted to sing in a band and stuff like that. So like, I just fell straight into the, you know, the lesser known stuff and following that same path where it's just like, all right, getting into the other stuff and Scott's kind of falling off the radar, at least to to us focusing on my own music and the bands that I'm friends with and stuff like that. It really wasn't until that joystick record. Like I look at link 80 as like, you know, Adam's my friend. So like link 80 struggle continues. It's like, Hey, it's my friend's band. Like I love this no matter what I'm not really paying attention to what else is going on in the ska scene at that time. But as I mentioned before, like when Andy sent me the joystick singles, I was like, holy shit, this is like, this is everything I want from like a ska punk band. Like this is almost like the second coming of Link 80 in a lot of ways, like had a lot of that same energy, similar vibe, just what I would expect 2021 or 2020 to sound like as far as like those bands, if they happen now. Yeah. And so like digging into like, Omnigon was my, I think, entry to Bad Time Records, because again, it falls into like, hey, my friend's doing this thing. And when I started to really get to know some of the other bands on that roster, it's like, oh my God, there's this whole entire scene of like incredible ska bands that sound different and they're all good. And that's actually kind of what led me to you, Chris, was just that like getting to know these bands, getting to know like the people involved in that scene. It's just like, I keep seeing Scott Punk International everywhere. Like, who is this guy? What is he doing? And like, what are the bands this guy's doing? Because it's like, it can't be one label that's doing everything. Like other people are yeah. active, actively involved in the ska scene. And that when our stuff was done, I'm like, all right, it's ideally it's like, hey, Asian Man Records, you want to put this out? Please don't sue me because I covered <laughs> one of your bands. But like, that was never going to happen. And it's just like, well, this guy's doing really cool shit. And it's a lot of stuff that I don't think people know about, but they're getting the exposure. Like, maybe he would be interested in cops didn't knock on my door, cold DM you. And it's like, hey, I'm doing this thing that's really crazy for our band that nobody really knows about. Like, would you be down? Yeah, I think you actually said that. Like, this is a little bit crazy, but I think you might be into it. Like, it does sound crazy, but it's fucking awesome. So, yeah, I was yeah, in. Absolutely. All right. Well, I have some questions <laughs> from the Scotland International Patreon. So, get ready to get unhinged. Some are valid and interesting questions, and others are all over the place. So, I uh, hope you're prepared. My, this is my fucking zone baby no listen, all right and the, tr the true question is this are they prepared for the answers they're, i promise they're not because when we've done this before we usually get only a few and the bands don't quite play along and i know for sure you're going to so this is going to be something <laughs> all right so uh i'm not going to do the good ones and the unhand like they're just going to be all over the place all right oh yeah yes. let's go. all right so first up how many today's need to be taken to create a tomorrow? 27. Really? Yep. 27. Yep. I'm going to say one. Yeah, I was going to say it's like two max. Because otherwise, it's you're taking today's. It's not take today's, it's take today. Well, yeah. They didn't ask, so they didn't ask specifically to Took take, today's. The question <laughs> didn't ask specifically to take today. 
it's how many todays or whatever how it was phrased so. that's my favorite hobbit fan by the way took today <laughs> are they scottish <laughs> <laughs> um the answer is 27 i will not expound on that one i'm going with one uh what's your pizza order you go first oh geez uh well, it depends on where you're getting it from, but in general, it's going to be extra cheese, pepperoni. Mm. Straight up. Yeah, yeah I go with that, too. pizza, because pineapple does belong on pizza. For sure. Suck my Fuck butt. yeah, it does. Suck my butt. 100%. It's so good. Uh, what about you? Mine is actually just pepperoni. I work at a pizzeria for a very long time, but like, because I eat pizza almost every single day, at least every day I'm on the clock, it's always pepperoni. Because like... At my job, being in and out all the time, I just grab cold pepperoni, throw it on the slice that's been sitting there, and I just eat it that way. I mean, that's the move. You go to a new pizza place, it's like, that's the basic thing, see how good that is, and then you can go from there. Yeah, well, yep. the, the rule of pizza is that you really can't fuck up pizza unless it's a topping you don't like. Right. <laughs> and in, you say that, and yeah. Yeah, unless you cut the cut them square on a circle of pizza. <laughs> um, but it's it really comes down to the topping. Like if you can't pick off the topping without like still tasting that thing, then it's that's the only way you ruin it. Like if you put anchovies on a pizza, I'm not gonna pick the anchovies off and still eat it. That's the only way you can ruin a, a slice. I mean, I eat anchovies, like, but I get your point. Like if yeah. it's like I'm not that into mushrooms. So if there's mushrooms on it, to me, that's gonna be fucked. So yeah. I'm gonna need a different pizza. So if someone gave you like a spaghetti and grapes pizza, you wouldn't eat it. I'd take the grapes out, but I'd definitely eat it. All right. Hot, hot grapes, by the way. Hot grapes. Hot grapes. I, I, well, okay. So I haven't tried hot grapes on pizza or spaghetti yet, but I wouldn't say no because you can't really go wrong with spaghetti or grapes. Yeah. I mean, okay. Fair enough. I, and I, I'll say this. There's a customer that comes into my job that gets pickles on his slice. Oh, my God. It's wow. really fucking good. How have you not ejected him from society yet? Try it. No, I don't like think, pic- think about this. And- Only pickles I like are sweet gherkins. They don't put them on fucking pizza. That pickles like and, what, and what else? Yeah. Think about this. As far as a burger goes, outside of the meat, how much of a burger is in a slice of pizza with pickles? I don't fucking know, man. You I'm have scientist. the dough, bread. You have cheese in both. You have the sauce or ketchup. Like it's You eat pickles with burgers. No, I don't. Yeah. It doesn't seem crazy to me. It just depends on what else is with it. Yeah, but like royal you were talking about putting putting actual pickles on a slice of pizza is really good. I've had like hamburger pizza and that sounds good. I've had I've had cheeseburger pizza. Yeah, same idea, right? Yeah. So I I think it it could work. I've never had it, but it could work. Pickles Um, on pizza, spaghetti with grapes, hot hot grapes. Hot grapes. Grapes that have been heated. Yeah, but that would be pretty heavy. You gotta like spread That's... the like a good amount of the spaghetti. Yeah. yeah and yeah, because yeah. like, you know, we're in the northeast, like we fold our pizza, like real people. Yeah. So yeah. like I don't know. I just feel like it's gonna be too heavy. Come at me, Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Just starting fights with random people this entire podcast. Sorry, Chicago. Sh- Chicago just stopped listening. They just <laughs> they've written me off. Um okay. Is this rash something I should worry about? Yes. Yes. You should always worry about a rash, right? Absolutely. There's zero rashes that you can be like, oh, that's fine. Yeah, yeah this is yeah. cool. <laughs> there, there, yeah, you don't look down and be like, you know what? I can deal with this. This is fine. And then your foot's gone. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you should worry about that rash. 
Uh, that was uh, Pat from the Patreon. Pat, you should worry about that rush. Um, get that checked out. Keep us posted. Yeah. How can I get my children to sleep past 6 a.m.? Drugs. Wow, you had that right on the dome. Shit. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was thinking just drugging them. I was going like, to think really. Uh, form. You know, you have to let them stay up later. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would do. Change the clocks. No, they'll still wake up. Yeah. Wait, the question had a specific time, right? Yeah. Yeah, 6 a.m. How do you get them to what? What was it? Sleep past 6 a.m. Change the clocks. Move the clock to like the time on the clock, and then you've got your. Like, like I get that technicality would work, but the whole point this is is from Craig from the Patreon. The whole point is that Craig wants to sleep later. Craig would get the same amount of sleep if you change the clock. Yeah. Plugs. just let them stay up later, uh, or yeah, I don't have I don't have a follow up. Don't, <laughs> yeah. don't drug your kids. Um, I thought I would pull something. Disclaimer: just nothing there. Yeah, I think uh, staying up later is a good move, but I think that that's happened and it hasn't worked. I don't know. Craig is just so tired all the time. I'm getting canceled when this comes out yeah. because I said to drug your kids. Yeah, let them stay up and watch adult. I'm now. gonna take just that clip and use that for the promo. <laughs> hey parents, that, give that, your kids that. drugs. <laughs> Okay, uh, how late after Christmas is it still appropriate to keep Halloween decorations up? Forever. Yeah, always have your Halloween. Are you kidding me? I have a skull sitting over on my chest right now. I was almost going to go grab the skull, but only Chris gets to see, so <laughs> no point. No, it is, ne- it is never too early or too late for, for Halloween decorations. Just keep them up year-round, because you yeah. know what? Then it's not Halloween. It's just your decor. Yeah, that's right. They don't become Halloween or seasonal. They just, those are you, that, that's you. That's your vibe. Come on, but people. That is harder always, questions. Harder that questions. That's only specific to Halloween, though. If it was Christmas decorations, then no, that's weird. Christmas don't decorations be, don't be come fuck, down Don't right be like after. the Christmas store that's in the, the shopping center near here where I just like walk by and go like, what are you even doing, Santa? He's asleep right now. He's hibernating yeah. till next Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Make all the toys. And now when he gets awoken up from his slumber, it will drown the world in his terror. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Santa or Cthulhu? Both. What's the difference? What, what do you think the sexiest emoji is? The one, the, 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 oh, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a smiley face, but it's got the big eyes and it's like the weld up with tears and it's like the uwu face. Oh, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I'm like looking at my phone and I almost want to find one, text it to Chris so that like he can screenshot it and post it with that. <laughs> for them it's, look at. it's the please, please emoji, please. That's sexy me please is a lovely word either either coming to or from like you go to someone you get no i, I think like senpai senpai noticed me senpai i think it's the yeah. cheeseburger like if oh somebody hit me up with a cheeseburger i'd be like damn yeah let's hang out let's like do something yeah the pizza slice hey you know when she hit you with that cheeseburger emoji you know what that mean though what that mouth do <laughs> that means it's time to eat cheeseburgers <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, if you could be part human, part machine, what part of your anatomy would you replace with a robot part? <laughs> For the record, Emily has fallen on the floor. <laughs> oh my God, that's a that, great question. That um, knocked Emily the fuck out. Um, <laughs> and that's not the one that I expected that reaction to either. <laughs> answer but it's a terrible one so i'm not gonna say it it. um well it's it's a personal answer it's my foot (laughs) (laughs) or my shoulder both of which are broken at the moment 
Yeah, you kind of had a robo foot for not a while. Literally, I mean, I, they're not literally broken, but my shoulder's not working right, and my foot—I had surgery on it last year. So fuck all of that. Well, doesn't that mean you've already had that replaced with a robot part? No, because they're not mechanical. They're just oh. flesh. Got yeah, it. Yeah. It, was out, it was outside herb. the budget. Yeah, fucking herb. Next person. Shit. Replace gotta... all of it. Just put my brain in. A... No way. That's a Cyberman, and that doesn't go well. <laughs> I almost wanted to say something deep, like replace my heart with robot parts. <laughs> Fuck off! Don't steal my lyrics from. Uh, I don't. Invisible. Don't. I, I don't want feelings anymore. Yeah. No, I haven't written that yet. Though I did have a song called Clockwork Heart. I mean, just replace me with a robot. Emo. I think everyone will be happier. Okay. Vocal chords, because then you can auto tune in real time. Yeah. Uh, you're always auto tuned. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah, Ugh. vocals definitely vocals because that hurts now. Older. Man. The vocals, they give me feelings. It hurts. Okay. All movies and TV shows you ever watch all have their soundtracks replaced with a single band. What is that band? Um, <laughs> have I have two answers. Here. I have two answers. The real one and a terrible one. Well, let's hear it. Terrible first. The terrible one is the banana splits. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That I, would I, suck. Oh my I god! I back that one. The real one would be the Cure. Oh, that's a good one. So they could fit any sort of uh, situation. Uh, banana splits would be a nightmare. It's always and then die and just leave that as my mark on the world. Like imagine, yeah. if, I never met her, but fuck that. <laughs> but imagine, like at the in the credits, they show like the this like the band like doing the actual like tv show soundtrack yeah. the movie like you had to see their image at the end of every show and movie like <laughs> every, uh, every credit list. sequence as just a picture of me they're giving a thumbs up or the finger depending upon how i feel at the moment <laughs> i don't know because i don't i don't have a fake or real one that popping in my brain because like i think a real answer would be like a band like caven because caven at least is such a versatile band that they can play anything they can dominate any genre of music where they can be like, all right, this is a dark, heavy movie, so let's write dark, heavy songs for it. Like, that's the kind of band for a real answer I would pick. Yes, I want to see Serendipity with Cavens scoring. <laughs> or the hardcore, the metal fucking, stuff. Um, Moral Eclipse. Fucking, uh, what the shit, uh, what's one of the fucking dumbass Nicholas Sparks movies that are terrible? All of them? Know. Walk uh, something, walk, I don't know. Walk hard? Yeah. That would also be great. Dewey Cox. Dewey Cox was playing Caven songs. Yeah, I mean, you could play the fault. You could have him do Stephen Brodsky solo songs. Yeah, we could. Yeah. Um, I don't know for a fake answer. The Avengers. I don't think anyone will get that joke. They're band, right? Are they? I don't know. I don't know that band. Band called the Avengers. You know, you didn't hear Spidey talk about that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Are they a band? That's right. Spoilers. Um, hey, even Banner said that when in uh, Infinity they War. broke up like the Beatles or something. Yeah, the Avengers know. are a band. The Avengers can be the fake answer. Okay, arms replaced with wiener dog, <laughs> or feet replaced with alligators. 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 Wow, you, no hesitation from either of you. I mean, because like I could pet my feet. I can't like pet my arms if they're wiener dogs. Like you're just yeah. like, you're just you're hitting two wiener dogs against each other. Are we talking uh, about alligators' feet or just a literal alligator? Literal alligator. Literal alligator. 
Yeah. Okay, that's even cooler than you could like bite people if you don't like them with your feet. Kick them and bite them. But still have functional hands. I think yeah. I'm I think I'm with you actually. Yeah, gators don't fuck around, man. Yeah, I can't play guitar with a wiener dog arm. Least favorite condiment. Uh relish. Back. Oh yeah. Fuck relish. Like I can't think of another condiment that I dislike. You know what? I don't uh, is sauerkraut a condiment? I, mm, I don't know. Yeah, I, I know think that so. Would, that would yeah, I don't like sauerkraut. Okay, <laughs> on a scale of ninety to hundred, how sexy do you find the new Build a Bear After Dark line? Fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask this question. <laughs> I just know this answer is coming from you. Zero. Zero. I didn't even read the article. I saw the headline. It was like, you know what? I fuck this. Fuck you, this. You fuck this? No, no. <laughs> fuck this as in throw it into the fucking ocean. Bin, bin it. Burn that shit. Sit on fire. Send it to Jabba's palace down the fucking Starlack. But given the options, has to be 90 then. That's your lowest. It's terrible. Why would you make me do that? Because it's, the variable is 90 to 100. You have to uh, pick a number. Yeah, and guess what? I'm choosing a third option, which is yeah. zero. <clears throat> Emily doesn't follow the rules. Come on, it's yeah, fine. I'll allow Emily's it. Emily's answer is a hundred. She not. doesn't want to admit it. I'll allow it. I'll, I'm I'm also with you. It's awful. They shouldn't exist. I don't want to hear about it. I hate that I even had to ask about it. What are your most influential albums that aren't Scott? The easiest one is Green Day Dookie. Mm, That's the album sure. that absolutely changed my life. Like the moment I heard. Basket Case, because I didn't actually hear Longview when it came out. That was the album where I, like, basically, like, if you go back, I have an older brother who was just, like, listening to hip-hop, crisscross, and stuff like that. And I hit a point where I was just like, I don't like this. Like, I want to listen to something for me. So, as an 11-year-old kid dating myself here, I took my alarm clock radio, and I just kept moving the radio dial from one end to the other one end to the other back and forth and it wasn't until i actually landed on basket case that i said this is what i like and i had to get the cd went dug backwards got the older albums and that's the band that changed my life i have a dookie tattoo from the 20th anniversary of that album and we a couple weeks ago we're actually playing green day songs at practice yeah, for the hell of it because sticking around that's that's a that's a future goal one day is to actually cover a song from Dookie Live because eleven year old me with my hockey stick microphone and broom guitar would love to play a Green Day song live one day. Hell yeah! So uh, that's my number one. So no matter what, I can I can probably name a few off the top of my Weezer Blue album. Like I know I joked about him earlier, but that album was like fucking yeah. fundamental. Uh, uh. Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy. <laughs> um, uh, I had one and I lost it. Oh, Jimmy World's Clarity and the Get Up Kids, something at home about. We're both nice. like real big on getting me out of just doing three chords and yelling about shit. I want to throw out two more. Uh, Against Me, Transgender Dysphoria Blues, huge album for me. It's huge. I cannot like specify the amount of huge that was for me at the time. Huge. And Lord's Melodrama. Hmm. <laughs> Like that's just a great like. If I was I was trying to figure out like why did where did my like where, like wanting to do like dramatic pop music came from like no it's a hundred percent from that like just music that makes people want to lay down on the couch and cry and sigh wistfully. Yeah. Okay, let's go back to unhinged. <laughs> oh yeah, make them more unhinged because I feel like 
These are softball questions. Well, we got a few softballs, but I think they're worth talking about. Oh yeah. Three scoop ice cream cone with any topping you want and any ice cream. What do you get? I would actually go fairly chill and do like vanilla ice cream, but yeah. then I get like a like some cherry sauce mm. on them. Rainbow Jimmies. Got have rainbow Jimmies. And like actual cherries. <laughs> oh, you know what? Black cherry ice cream. Fuck it. Yes. Let's go. Let's oh. go. All in, baby. I was about to say, I'm with you because it's hard to do like toppings and then have like a crazy ice cream flavor. Like vanilla kind of is safe for that, but Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm walking up to the cashier right now saying I'll have the same thing. Yeah. Um, I'll have that. Should we? Is Jimmy's too regional? No, I'm sure it's fine. Everyone else is wrong. I know everyone else. I know. (laughs) I think. I'm sure everyone will understand that Jimmy's equals sprinkles. It's fine. Okay. I'll say, I mean, we're always right. That's the thing. Like, we're always right no matter what. Everyone should realize by now that the Philly area is always right about everything. Every other football team is bad. Go Birds. John is a great word. Gritty, the best. Go Birds. And also, fuck Tom Brady. Go Birds. Um, Sorry. (laughs) What is your your favorite Sega Genesis game? Sonic. I didn't have Second a Sega one. Genesis. <laughs> Son- the Son- Sonic 2? Sonic 2, but I also, like, at a very young age, because I didn't understand, I, like, I guess, video games enough, it was uh, Michael Jackson Moonwalker. Oh, yeah. That game was awesome, though, especially in the arcade. My brother used to have it and play it all the time. Like, I was never a gamer person. It was always, like, my brother had a system. But I remember Moonwalker was one that I always tried to play. Same with Sonic. I didn't have a Sega Genesis, and I never, I didn't really play it that often at my friend's house. I had, I had a Nintendo and a Super Nintendo. Yeah. So I guess that by default, I'll say <laughs> NHL '94. It's fair. It's fair. I was still fucking rip. Back then, I was a Super Nintendo person too. But since then, I've bought like an old one, and I have one now and stuff. So uh, at the time, I was definitely a Super Nintendo kid. What have we done? Okay, what band would you like to die? <laughs> And oh! and would you prefer instant death or suffering? But it has suffering. to be a band. I guess it doesn't have just, to be, but the, the question says, "Yeah, for sure." It, it's de- it's <laughs> you don't definitely, have to fucking think about that one. It, it's it's definitely suffering. There's no way they're getting instant death. Like it's cool they'll be gone. I mean, their music will still be here, but they need to suffer too. I don't know. Let me think about it. You do? You, are you still saying Kid Rock? I mean, I agree with you. I don't know if that's I might, my, I might my choice. I might change my answer. I mean, I have to think about it. I mean, that, that was just a knee-jerk thing. Uh, I was still thinking about that fucking song he did with Monster Truck. Nobody gonna tell me how to live. That. <laughs> uh, see, my, the way my brain works, I'm just like, does that mean the band just doesn't exist anymore like they actually die and then the, the suffering sudden yeah, death if, i'm like if, oh no they're dead yeah it doesn't say like you know ceases to exist that's different yeah um uh, i think kid rock is a great uh, answer inside oh okay yeah i don't know if y'all are familiar with them they were like a scene something core band in the two mid mid to late 2000s i think and they're just garbage they're a terrible band, they have terrible aesthetic, and they were bad people. So I know they still exist. And if they're out there, come find me and fight me, you asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come on. We're all gonna fight you. Subtitle, the, ep- the episode where Emily fights everyone. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, see like I don't hate any bands enough that I want them dead. I mean, like 
Yeah, there's very few I hate. Like, like I, I don't I, have a lot of hate in my heart. Like I've said to a lot of people that like the '90s were great, except for Dave Matthews Band. But do I want them <laughs> dead? No. No. Just want to yeah, no. They're they're all good musicians. They're just okay. not for me. <laughs> I've got a. I'm gonna too much. I'm gonna say it on the podcast because nobody can see it, but I'm about to punch you. <laughs> Bad. Uh-huh. Too I mean, much. Isn't, isn't John Mayer just the second coming of Dave Matthews? Anyway? Should I do my Michael McDonald impression? Oh God! Wait till <laughs> oh, I'm done. Oh, let's do it. Water. I got one too. You do yours. There, yeah. I want more. Chris's uh, Albertino. <laughs> Chris's Al Pacino was the best. Oh my 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 Pacino. Um all right. So let's uh let's finish with an easy softball one here. Okay. Does free will exist and do you consider it compatible with determinism? <laughs> this is my fucking uh, wheelhouse, baby. Uh, what was okay. the question again? Does free will exist and is it compatible with determinism? Yeah. Um this is all you then. <laughs> okay. So Hope you yes, got no free will does free will exist. There is no such thing as determinism. Yeah, okay, easy yeah. answer. The free, free, there is no wow, I'm gonna get I'm gonna really turn people off now. There's no God, there's no guiding light shining in this universe. If there is, if there is a God, they're a hands-off God. They are a, a, a being who's transgender and a woman who started everything rolling and just said, fucking do what you want, y'all. Yeah. Uh, but there is no predetermined outcomes. Everything is chaos. And with that in mind, that means you can do whatever you want and be whatever you want. Yep. Yeah, there you go. I couldn't agree more. I have nothing to so, add other than yeah, I agree. There is no God. <laughs> sorry religious fans there is a god and she's a trans woman but she doesn't give a shit about you Alanis Morissette's trans oh my god (laughs) deep Uh, fucking pull baby so where can people find anything else from all of you on the internet so they can support you all right so as far as take today goes I would say Twitter is the number one spot now because that's the most fun social media so at Take Today, which is Twitter, Instagram. I believe our Facebook, which is barely used, is Take Today Band. Because there somebody stole our name some point in time. So we gotta differentiate and whatnot. Um what I'm thinking here. Uh we do have a website. We have taketoday.com. Not updated as frequently as social media, but there's a lot of stuff there, lyrics. So you can wonder what I'm mumbling. That's not terrible. Um yeah, I mean, it's all social and stuff like that. Or if, like, you're a person in the real world that's not terribly far, you can come to a show. But, yeah, I mean, we'll be playing shows throughout this year. I don't know how, I mean, how frequent, but we'll be doing stuff. So if you're in the region, come see us. Or if we're in your region, definitely come see us because we're lost. <laughs> um, um, I hope you're sitting down. Emily's got a list for you. <laughs> okay, so you can follow me on Twitter at m-reed, E-M-D-A-S-H-R-E-E-D. Please be prepared. It gets spicy. Um, not like NSFW spicy, but as in like you're probably going to you're going to read something that pisses you off, probably. Um, Twitter, baby. You can also find my music, uh, How I Became Invisible, is at howibecameinvisible.com. Uh, Danger Club is dangerclubpa.com robots and race cars.net um 
and you're writing this all down right chris <laughs> i already have it all and i don't know if i'll be able to link to all of it but i want to yeah, say that, that you it doesn't matter how um, became invisible you just released a new song yesterday or the, the time we're recording it yesterday for Bandcamp friday and it is sick yeah thank you um it's the first off of an album that's coming out at some nebulous time in the future that hasn't been determined yet you but barely told me about, about this it. album that's a rarity i sent it to you not the album yes i did a while ago got lost in the mail yeah, there you go um <laughs> but yeah follow me on twitter i'm on instagram same thing m dash read um and uh, yeah, I think that's about it. You oh. should stream all my music. Go birds. Oh yeah, we 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 have these tapes coming on this uh, tapes? label. Tapes, yes, you know some this, label. This old, this old person thing that we're very fond of. Yeah, yeah. some label has yeah. tapes coming. Yes, cassette tapes coming out on this label. That um, there's snow where they're at, so it's got to be somewhere in the northeast, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you think? Oh no, clearly, no. clearly somewhere up that part of the country. Definitely not in the south definitely not in a place that went through this a year ago and should have known better by now right Ted Cruz. Uh, yeah speaking of i think the tapes are currently in cancun right now but they shouldn't be on their way <laughs> yeah definitely uh, blame ted for how the uh, production has gone yeah but uh it's, we, it's definitely ted's fault absolutely always it's always ted's fault fucking coward <laughs> um don't cut that yeah we have tapes coming through uh scott punk international thank you chris mm-hmm um we'll probably try to record more or at least finish <laughs> no knowing me we'll probably record more throughout this year and not finish anything else yeah i mean i'm recording right now i mean technically, I've, yeah. I've finished like three songs while we've been recording yeah what's the problem <laughs> emily's been writing songs while we've been doing this but they're not take today songs so yes yeah, fair enough uh, can I, I want to plug someone who's not even in our band you guys should listen to the band blue vines he's one of yes. my best friends he's a really rips. good dude go to uh it's blue vines look him up on Bandcamp or spotify or anything just has a great album called uh shadow box champion that i really love and uh i just want to give a shout out to nick because love you baby nice yeah actually another shout out is just everybody that we've been like really really fucking cool with throughout all this like you know Catbite, omnigon flying raccoon suit joystick um and all the other bands that i've actually been able to hang out with and become friends at best of the worst dente we've been talking a lot on twitter like there's just the entire ska scene that we've you know flirted with with our couple recordings is kind of like i think for our band kind of refreshed our opinion of just independent music where it's like you can get very jaded being around for a very long time like we have but then when you see other people that are just like you know what fuck that shit like we're just gonna do this our way and make it like absolutely awesome and to be any part of that whether it just be our two songs or the the punk band on the ska bill or whatever like it's been great it's reassuring it's refreshing and honestly it's like it's made the future very optimistic i think to us as a band to think like you know what we're not playing with bands that are just trying to fuck us over and help themselves out like we're playing with rad bands that are full of amazing people that we know we can hang out with get along with bullshit with and for us like that's the future we're looking forward to hell yeah i am very excited about the future of take today and i'm glad to hear that you are too like not that i didn't know that but it's nice to hear it but i personally am super excited about where you're going and um help you with just a little bit of it 
So um, thank you so much for being here. We talked forever, but I'm glad you took the time today. You you know this now that I talk a lot, so we I do today. know that I sometimes I'm concerned going into an episode if someone will have enough to say. I was not worried about that with you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shit between the two of us, goddamn. Yeah, yeah. It was about 27 today's, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think it was one today. Um, damn it. Anyway, thank you so much for coming. We're gonna wrap it up now. <laughs> Come back anytime, though. We'll we'll do a follow up when you uh, finally finish more stuff. <laughs> that sounds like a fucking threat what, wait what what year are we looking at here hold on let me skip the couple that's years. a wrap on another episode of the years. scott punk international uh, podcast you so much if you liked any of the music okay, you heard today <laughs> make sure to check out the show notes of this episode where i have links for you to support all the artists that you heard also make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app and leave us a review so other scott fans can find us you can email the show at scottpunkinternational at gmail.com you can follow the show on twitter at scottpunkintl or on instagram at scottpunkinternational really you can find us anywhere just search for scottpunk international on whatever network you like to use you can also support the show for as little as a dollar on patreon at patreon.com scottpunkinternational thank you to scott network for the kick-ass theme they provided for the intro and outro of the show you can support them on patreon and youtube just search for scott network you can also head over to scott2network.com to grab some of their awesome merch also, thank you to iClers for the additional theme music used throughout the radio episodes of the show. You can find out more about iClers on their Bandcamp or any social media site. Just search for iClers. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, wherever you are, it's Scott. <laughs>